Hi, everyone. My name is Elizabeth, joining you here from the Walker Consulting Works Studio. I'm on the Dear Business Coach Facebook group and Dear Business Coach LinkedIn group. I'm making a new post for a free webinar this Thursday, November 9th, How to Start a Business Without Access to Capital. This webinar is free. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern time from the post on the Dear Business Coach group. I have in here the, drink, the link directly um, to the registration form. This is by an organization called SCORE. I actually saw a um, posting from Charlottesville News 29 um, yesterday about this organization. They have free resources for small business startups. And they have a really cool uh, program going on where not only can you access free workshops and events, but you can also find a mentor. The page that we're looking at right now is the registration form for Thursday, November 9th, how to start a business without access to capital on the score.org website. See here, cost is free. It's one hour, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Thursday, November 9th. The presenter is Cynthia Rhodes. We can read about her bio here. Business startup and expansion, strategic planning, sales, and marketing plans. Um, back over to the Dear Business Coach Facebook group and LinkedIn group. That link to the, to the news article on news29.org is in here, as well as the link directly to the SCORE uh, homepage where you can access other events and click on find a mentor. There's a mentor matchmaker button. Under the mentor matchmaker button, you can select your location. Um, it gives you the option for all locations or nationwide. So this is pretty cool. I hope you join me on November 9th on um, Thursday. I'll be listening to this and we'll have some things to say. I'd like to hear your questions and discussion experts. If you are connected to SCORE or also work in another entity that helps small businesses find resources and specifically related to this upcoming webinar, how to start a business without access to capital experts, please contact me. This is Elizabeth at walkerconsultingworks.com 540. 243-8064 or walkerconsultingworks at gmx.com. Looking forward to hearing from you, everybody. Have a great day. Cool. Yes, ma'am. So um, as you know, I asked you here to visit with me regarding some questions about the webinar yesterday, how to start a business without access to capital on the SCORE network. And I attended that. That was a lot of, a lot of fun. I, um, I wasn't sure exactly what kind of details you were going to get into. There were some uh, questions that I bullet pointed out for us. Did you by chance see that email? from the um, appointment reply. I did not see your email, Okay, but, but it's but it's still fine because webinars, and I tell anyone, um, I, I don't like doing webinars. Um, and the reason why is because it's such a general overview and especially with the topics that I deal with a lot um, because it the, the answer is usually, it depends, you know, mm -hmm. because, 
all funding requests are different based off of the different circumstances and product services, those type of things. Okay. Well, uh, what, let's see, I would be happy to do is just forward this email to you quickly, but I think that uh, you'll, you'll, these are directly from the webinar yesterday. Okay. So um, the, the biggest thing um, that you started to hone in on was your, your, your message and your business plan. You said, you know, if you're going to ask me for a business plan, well, maybe I should have some ownership in your company. <laughs> right. And, um, and, and that, that started a thought, you know, that's, that got me listening because I was started paying attention to you saying the importance of um, understanding your own process and your own pitch and you can teach someone how to build a business box. We can talk about how to get the things in place that make you uh, legally ready to do business and also to be compliant. Um, however, what you really need is your customer-based marketing strategy. And it sounds like you have a specialty in adding those marketing strategies into a business box as part of those key components, but that's gonna take some creativity. So you seem to help people start from that perspective before we think about where your first couple of dollars are gonna come from or how you're going to pay yourself. Think about what you're innovating as a business first. Um, yeah. And you said in a, business, in a business, we talk numbers and we use words to prove them. So let's say that I have a pitch and that I have something great. Um, maybe even I already have a small customer base I've acquired myself, but where is the best place to practice my pitch? If I, if I, I might have some uh, family members who've been in business or have had corporate jobs, they might have some good feedback, but they're not really an investor or a bank. So where can I practice my pitch where I'm going to get some tough questions? So that is, that's literally what I was saying before. Most of the investments that you're going to get are going to come directly from those that you already know, your friends and family. And what you're going to have to do is practice the pitch on them. Okay, so they can talk to their network and the people that they know in order to help you with your business. So you're going to practice that pitch with them because they will be your first investors or your cheerleaders in order to help you get your business off the ground. They're going to give it to you straight with, you know, they're not going to give it to you with the fluff or with the professional tongue that we've been trained to give you just to say no. I tell people all the time, I can say, I can say no, like almost a hundred thousand times, uh, different ways and you wouldn't even know it. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so what you think that, uh, family members or, 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 or close colleagues would be uh, they might be your toughest audience, you think, or they'll say the things that they are thinking out loud, maybe. Yes, they are going to be your toughest critic. Now you're going to have the, and, and, and I told everyone on the webinar, you know, I'm a grandmother too. So yeah, anything that my grandchildren say, I'm going to say is so great, you know, but once in fact, you ask me for some money. Now mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you, once you start saying that I have to go out of my way or I have to take you somewhere, 
I'm going to start thinking. But as long as it's an idea, it's great. You have to convince people that their time and their money is worth it. You know, and that that's that effort that goes into it. Even even just sitting in and listening to your pitch takes effort and time out of their day where they could have been doing something else. So it's up to you to convince them that you have something that's worth it. Okay, excellent. That's going to take some bravery. <laughs> um, well, now once I am ready to look for I'm ready with uh, some kind of a business plan. I have a business box to show and a marketing strategy or so I think uh, we want to show a verifiable customer base. I'm using the words list or pool. And it would be fantastic for me to say, well, I know that um, in my town, I have potentially 500 prospects on the list. They're in my email list. I have a online content that's going and maybe I can prove that some of them have purchased from me, but you want to you want to encourage people to do some real market research and and use actual market research and current trends. Do you recommend some what are some best ways for best tools, free resources for me to dive into that I could look at today right now on my own to find those hard numbers? So it, it, again, I, like I said, it's going to depend on what kind of industry you're in. I can tell you to go to the Census Bureau and I can tell you to go to the labor statistics and all of those things. I can tell you to do those. But when you really want to hone in on your market, yeah, let me see what your email lo list looks like and their engagement, what it is that they're actually purchasing from you. Have you been able to um, have them purchase more than once? Have they upscaled? Where did you find them and where did they come from? So if you had a an automatic list because I know that data is the thing and that's like my space I live in, right? And so I want to know what's behind the list because you can purchase a list. They're for sale everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't have a strong engagement for that list to do something, it doesn't matter. I don't care how many people are in the population um, or have, you know, three children in the home or two cars in the driveway. None of that matters if you cannot get them to react and have a message or something compelling to make them want to purchase or um, have them buy into some type of program. You have to have that. It's that type of engagement that we look for. Engagement. Mm -hmm. Now, do you do you uh, see folks who are using free tools such as surveys on uh, social media or um, data tools that you create yourself to get it to get a feel for your market online? Is that worth my time? So, uh, so yes, it could be. But when I tell you, um, most of the time people are surveying those that are already connected with them, they're not boosting to get the real audience of who's going to actually 
purchase or buy their product or service. So anytime you start dealing in statistics, you know, and trying to figure out, you know, who your market is and, and find out if this is something that they want, there's always this large pool and you have to narrow it down. And that's what a lot of people are not doing. They just throw a, a survey out on social media to people that probably are not even their target audience. So it, it's, it's, you know, the bad data in, bad data out. So it really requires a strategic thought of how to really get to the ones that are going to be potential customers in order for you to get the right kind of information that you need to launch forward. Very good. That would uh, maybe uh, that would mean hiring somebody, learning what agencies might be able to point you in the right direction. And as you say, you can't just take a survey or you should, probably shouldn't just take a survey from your followers because that we don't really know what that tells us. Right. I mean, so I have three pages um, and then there's the ones across my social different platforms. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Okay. No, I'm not on TikTok. I, I'm, that's just not for me. But at the same time, those have different audiences. Yeah, some of them might cross over. The, the tone is different. What they come for, for is different. Their mindsets are different. If I'm on LinkedIn, I'm not thinking like I put on my personal Facebook page. I'm not posting the same thing. So that audience is different. And I pull from that and I change my algorithms a little bit too. So, <laughs> so those are things that you have to really do. And it's in, and I tell people, I caution them because we deal in our company, we deal with a lot of, you know, statistics and data pools and stuff like that. Um, you can go to a marketing agency, but if they are not specific or they're not immersed in your type of business, they still have to learn it just like you are, but it's going to be on your dime. So it's best to understand your audience before you even get there and then make them prove you wrong because they're going to do some A-B testing. And again, we do A-B testing, but it's not with our own money unless it's something that we are going to own. If it's something for you to own, I'm charging you to do all of this research and this testing. I see. Okay. Thank you. Uh, now, if I if I were to um, let's let's say we're ready to go to the next step, I'm ready to ask some folks for some startup money, but. Um, I really uh, don't have great credit. And somebody asked this yesterday, or you highlighted about um, net net credit, store net credit, 30. Yes, yes. net thirty. And I've passed. I've uh, come across this term quite a bit in uh, business school, general, you know, two hundred level business classes. And I, I guess what what what. My, what I would still have a concern with is if I'm asking about bad credit and I'm an individual and I'm gearing up maybe in the next year or two, I know I'm gonna have to do some things for my personal credit to be, um, have a personal guarantee, as you say, for my business when that time comes to ask, maybe net 30 is the first thing I'm gonna start with, but I still have to have credit myself to have that net 30. If I know that I'm, I need to make some steps in my personal credit life, what are some things that I can be doing potentially that 
specific that for business lenders or store credit would be looking at first? So I, 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 I talk about this a lot. Now, the, the workshop that you attended was uh, building a profitable business without ask, access to capital. And it's so crazy because there's maybe about 5% of the people that joined the webinar literally joined because they were looking for ways to access capital. They weren't trying to build a profitable business. They were just trying to access capital. And that's the crazy part about it. Going into a business and asking them to give you something for free or on your word you know, without anything proven, it's kind of hard unless you have some type of credit, meaning personal guarantee that says that I'm going to pay this back and I'm putting some skin in the game so that you understand that I'm going to do what I say. The problem is, is that most people haven't even proven a model. They haven't got, and I use the the uh, example of like a, rep a remodeler, somebody that's remodeling homes and they go to Lowe's, you know, and get the store credit. Well, if you don't have someone who has already said that they're going to pay you to do a remodeling project, why are you even in Lowe's asking for credit? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so that's the part that most people are not even thinking about. They're not thinking about getting the client and building a business. They're just trying to access somebody else's money to do what with it, to go find the client. No, as an investor myself, I'm not, I'm not going to even entertain it. You know, show me where you can literally go out and get someone, meaning validate your project or your project or your business, go out and find someone that's going to pay you. Not that they just want it, but they are willing to pay you. And then I will help you with the process so that we can both get paid, period. And we want to, I know I asked you for a few minutes here, so I'm going to pick out maybe one question that I think would be good to end on. Uh, we know that process, when you say the word process, right, to come up with your pro profit formula, my brain immediately thinks, well, that's just cost, operating costs, mother stuff that I, you know, need to look at on a financial statement. But I have a feeling that your idea of what process means is something you need to define for me, please. That's all right. So okay. that's, why we, that's why we call it the RP effect. Okay. And it's the, and it comes directly from the profit and loss statement. Okay. The profit and loss says, uh, statement says the revenue minus your cost of goods sold gives you the gross profit. Okay. So our RP effect is the revenue minus your process because people can't wrap their head around the cost of goods sold. And when they're asking for money, really what they're asking for is exactly what you say is more operating costs and their salary and their building that they want to operate utilities and stuff like that. I got to pay for internet, you know, all of those things. But if it does not literally make um, make the business or provide the service, then why am I paying for it as an investor? Mm -hmm. I want to invest in the process of making money, not for you to sit there and look like you're making money. I don't want to do that. I want to see whatever you're delivering. I want to buy into that. 
because that's where the people are going to come from. That's where the clients are going to come from because they see whatever that product is and they're buying into it or they see that service and they want it. Let me help you with that. Um, but as far as you getting an office or you need a new laptop or, you know, something like that, no, you keep that. Um, I want you to buy those things for yourself. Let, let us make some, some money because even those who, who come into what they call the consultant space, which I, I, like I said, now everybody's a consultant or some type of coach and don't even know what the space is all about. Um, they're looking for an injection of cash. And I'm like, well, what do you need capital for? If you are if you are a consultant and you are a coach, then someone wants what it is that you have. And it's not just the information because information is free. So what is it that you are going to give tangible that you need to pay for? Tell me what that is. I don't even know. <laughs> right. Very good. I love it. I love it. Well, I've kept you a few minutes past, but is there anything else that I should ask that I haven't related to this? Well, I think that everything needs to, um, it, it for, I guess the biggest thing that I'd have to tell anyone is about investment into their business. If you're asking for someone else's money, always think about what it is that you're bringing to the table. What is the value that they're getting? Most people are wanting grants, okay? And I've had people actually say, I just want a grant because I don't want to have to pay it back. You know, what, what does that do for me to give you money that I work for? And you have to think that way. What value are you bringing to the table that wants someone to invest in you? And most often, it's not going to be for you to sit comfortably with a salary. So if you're getting into business for that reason, you know, rethink that come with some type of value that's going to be beneficial to others that can pay for it. And so even if you have like a, you want to give a free service, your heart is good. You want to be a philanthropist. And I say, if you want to get into philanthropy, uh, you know, do some great stuff to make an, a living first. Okay. And then, you know, do good by giving it away. But if you're in that space of just wanting to have that good heart and give out a service, find out who is going to pay for that service. What organization is looking for that audience that they can capitalize on? And then you go to them because that's an audience for someone, right? And so you just have to be thinking about those things. What value are you bringing to the table? Is it the people who's willing to buy or do something? Or is there some data collection that you can do? Think bigger than just your salary and the things that you would consume or own yourself. And most, you said, successful business owners are innovators, creators, and Yes, makers, creators, makers. innovators. Those that's that's it. And it goes in that order. If you think about any product or service, it's the makers, it's the creators, and then there's the innovators. And it continues on in that circle if you continue to really find ways to make things better or the world better, it always starts in that. Make something and whatever it is that you make, you create something bigger from that and then you start improving on it, the innovation. So yeah, it's it's the best thing ever. Thank you, Cynthia. Where should people find you? Do you want people to find you? <laughs> 
<laughs> Always RhodesPorter.com, uh, R-H-O-D-E-S-P-O-R-T-E-R.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Cynthia uh, N dot, uh, slash Cynthia Rhodes. Well, I really appreciate your time today and maybe we'll talk again sometime soon. Very good. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye.